The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. A fresh visitation of heaven over every life tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God shouted a louder, Amen. All right, let's have our seats. God bless you. Help me ask your neighbor, how has your week been? How has your day been? Glory, glory, glory be to God. Come on, let your neighbor, how has your week been? How have you been navigating the cashless environment and the cashless economy? <laughs> it's um, not common these days everywhere you go, someone is complaining about one thing or another. Um, I'm just recollecting conversations I overheard with people as I was interacting in the course of the week, whether it was at the petrol station or one store or another. Um, of course, for obvious reasons, people are very uncomfortable with all that is going on. Um, although I read that they've reversed some of the policy, they're now allowing some old notes to come into circulation today. Well, it hasn't started yet, Abby. <laughs> Don't worry. I think this, is the, this Saturday is the last major election. After this one, hopefully they will release our money. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, we have to find our way um, through these things. And, of course, it's people that have to really depend on cash a lot more that are feeling the brunt. Someone called me, was it yesterday? So, in fact, I think this guy, it, it was like, ah, his salary has been paid, but he can't access money in his account. That uh, is there, you know, where, Pastor, you, the, you, you really want to find cash. How are we going to get cash? I said, ah, where do you want to get cash? I said, well, I bought from church. Can't you get cash from church? I think I was asking them in the treasury on Sunday. They said it was only the cash that came in on Sunday, so it was just about 3,000 naira or something. I said, even church, where do you want church to, to get cash from? <laughs> but you see, and this really feeds into what we are talking about. And I mean, when, when you hit, um, you find yourself in times like this, this is where you really have to learn to rely heavily on the grace of God and the power of God. And I just want to pick off from where I left on, on Sunday. The great, that those two things are available to us right now. Somebody say, I have the grace of God and I have the power of God. Even right now. Hallelujah. I was reading Abraham's story just um, while I was getting ready for service. Let, let's start from there, Genesis chapter 12. And how easy it is for God when we are walking in grace and walking in the power of God um, in difficult times. Difficult times. And we can't deny that that's going on in the nation at this time. Genesis 12 from verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land. And Abram, this is after he had heard from God and he had decided to obey God. He had left his father's house, left his country, and he was just trying to find where God was taking him to. Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was very or was severe in the land. It wasn't an ordinary famine. It was a very, very difficult famine. But the good news is, even if there's famine in the land, and even if there's difficulty in the land, one thing you can be sure of is God will help you. Hallelujah. As long as you're a child of God, or in the case of Abraham here, you're in covenant with God, and you are walking with God, this is where aligning yourself um, to God's will and to God's plan is very vital. God will help you. It is not in God's nature and God's character 
to abandon his people when they are in trouble. And I can guarantee you today, in Nigeria right now, God is helping his people. Can I hear a loud amen? What we just need to do, know how to do is to receive it and enjoy the help that comes from God. And we see that in this story about Abraham. He wasn't perfect. He didn't do everything right. If you follow the story, he came down to Egypt. And as they were about to enter Egypt, he told Sarah, his wife, you're a very, very beautiful woman. And I know these people. It was the custom in the day. They are going to take you or they want to take you as, as their wife. And if they know that I'm your husband, they are going to kill me. I mean, like we often say, it, it wasn't, his priority wasn't Sarah per se. Look, I, I must not die. So tell them you're my sister. Tell them you're my sister. Now, that's one way to look at it. Another way, look at it, and I was studying one day, I, I actually believe it was led of God to say that. Because as you read the story, it wasn't like God was criticizing what he did. It was actually an idea from God. I believe that he was doing that. And in a sense, technically, though she was his wife, she was also his sister, if you know their, their background history. So, truly, he came there. The Egyptians saw her. Verse 13, just scroll. Oh, I thought projection was helping me with the story. They saw her and they recommended that to Pharaoh. <laughs> and Pharaoh took her. And verse 16, Genesis 12, 16, and Pharaoh treated Abraham well for her sake. This is how the grace and power of God works. And this is what I want you to see in this story. How God is going to help you. How God is going to meet your need. How God is going to supply for you. We can't say. No one can really say. Particularly if you are in a very tight spot. Abraham came there. He was worried about his protection and how he was going to survive. And he told his wife to lie that you are my sister. And as expected, Pharaoh took her, but he treated Abraham well. He didn't have to treat Abraham well. I mean, Abraham's thinking was that they are going to kill me if they find out you are my wife and I'm your husband. Tell them I'm your brother. They could have killed him as well, that his brother. I mean, what stops them from doing that? But look out the way he just, provision came to his life. Treated him well for her sake, and he now had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, I mean, male donkeys, male and female servants. Pharaoh just gave him a lot of wealth. Now, I'm not saying that's how God is going to settle you <laughs> at this time, particularly if you are a husband. I'm going to take my wife's <laughs> No, that's not the point. And that's not the moral of the story. What I want you to believe God for, and this is what we want to trust God in tonight, that somehow, whatever the need is, whatever the challenges are, God will supply and God will meet my needs in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And not only did God provide for him, God also protected him and protected Sarah. The story went on, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house, verse 17. And somehow, Pharaoh was able to figure out, I, I, I don't know how, the Bible didn't tell us in this particular story. By the way, this wasn't the only time this happened in Abraham's life. It happened when he went to Abimelech's nation as well, another king. The same, similar thing. That one, God appeared to the king. The man you have taken is a prophet. You better return his brother and have him to pray. But the same thing. God plagued um, 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 Pharaoh's house because of Sarah. And Pharaoh was able to know. And Pharaoh came to him, ah, why did you tell me she's your sister? Returned Sarah, um, Sarah to him. And by the time they left Egypt, Genesis 13 verse 1, Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lots with him, the people he came with, and Vasu Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 12 started by telling us that there was a great famine, and it was a very difficult famine. And of course, it affected Abraham negatively. He wasn't very rich. He didn't have things going his way. He was trying to navigate his way. But somehow, 
by the involvement of God in a very difficult situation, he came out rich. In fact, the Bible didn't say rich. Very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. There's a way you can head into or come into a challenge, come into a famine, come into a difficult time, and by the grace of God and the power of God and the help of God, you come out richer on the other side. You come out stronger on the other side. You come out better on the other side. Somebody say, that would be my story in the name of Jesus. Oh, I can't hear you. Say, that would be my testimony in the name of Jesus. But it takes the grace of God and the power of God walking, which obviously Abraham enjoyed here. Even the favor of God walking in his life. Pharaoh treated him well. Made him rich. Thinking this man has brought a wife for me. And not only that, God now plagued his house. The power of God broke out and they knew that, wow, it's because of Sarah. And they knew it was God. And of course, he was afraid. And he returned her. They were able to leave that place. They didn't come out of Egypt worse than they, came, they went in. Glory be to God. They came out better. And I pray and prophesy over you all that is going on in this nation. You will come out better in the name of Jesus. Like we said the other day, your path will continue to shine brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. God will continue to lift your head in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. So the question now is, how can I come out better? How can I come out stronger? Now we read this story, it didn't appear that Abraham did too many things per se. Now, remember Abraham was already aligned with God's will. To the best of his knowledge, he was going to where God was leading him to. He had heard from God, and I love something the Bible kept saying. If you read from chapter 12, as Abraham traveled, in fact, look at um, chapter 12, glory, glory be to God, verse, verse 8, chapter 12, verse 8. And if you read that chapter 12 and chapter 13, Abraham kept doing this there. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I to the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. He built an altar as he traveled, as he moved from place to place. And he didn't do this once, he didn't do this twice, if we can read the other part of the story. This, this was consistent in the way. He wasn't journeying alone, journeying alone. He wasn't traveling alone. He didn't know exactly where he was going. He started the journey with God. Chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country. Get out of your, uh, leave your father's house. Verse 4, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And from place to place, he will stop, he will build an altar, he will pray, he will worship, he will call on the name of the Lord. And that's how he was accessing the grace of God and the favor of God and the power of God. He was accessing that. And by the time he came to Egypt in chapter 13, where there was a famine and things were just going terrible for everybody, it turned out for good for him. And that will always be the end of every child of God that walks in the grace or the favor of God and the power of God. When we are able to cooperate with God's grace, we, we said on Sunday, the Lord will give grace and glory. There will be a supply of grace. There will be a supply of God's power for us. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. That is God's part, and God will always do that. Can I hear a loud amen? And I'm saying to you once again, I hope your ears are open to hear me. There is help from God coming to you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you. If there was no help or supply of help coming from God, it will mean God has abandoned you uh, or God has forsaken you or God has ignored you or God has forgotten about you. 
But that's not the God we serve. Can I hear a loud amen? That's not your father. He has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So how do you connect with that help? How do you access that grace? How do you access that favor? How can we walk in it? That's what we need to figure out on an individual level. For our country now, as we are praying for Nigeria and trusting God for his help in this country, we should be praying for God's favor, God's mercy, God's help at a time like this. Because if we can access the grace and the power of God over this nation, it doesn't matter what the kings are imagining, what the devil is imagining. He that sits in heaven will just be laughing at them. Glory be to God. And at the end of the day, it is the will of God that we prevail. And so shall it be for us in Jesus' name. That's what the church should be doing over the nation. Have mercy. Praying for God's mercy. Praying. Look, if the hand of God will get involved in anyone's life, over any nation, things are going to work out at the end of the day. Are you hearing me this evening? I mean, we know this. If the hand of God or the mercy of God, the power of God will work on your life, the favor of God or preaching, things are going to work out. It doesn't matter the famine in the land. It doesn't matter the difficulty. There was a famine there. It wasn't that. It, the Bible didn't tell us the famine had ended though. No. Is the famine real? Yes. Is the, are the challenges real? Yes. But there's something superior. Glory be to God. Because there's someone superior. And it's the one we need to engage with. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for access. Come on, pray the best you can. I thank you for access to your grace and power in my life for such a time as this. Can you just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute as you, as you ask for that? Access to your grace and to your power like Abraham enjoyed it. Access in these times. Access for my business, for my career, concerning my health, concerning my marriage. Access, access. Look at the way Abraham accessed the power of God to preserve his wife, to preserve his marriage, to preserve his household. Lord, I thank you for access, access. Access to your grace and to your power for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It is available. We just need to walk in it. Isaiah 32. We touched on this. If you joined us in the prayer this morning, I'm going to just pick, pick up because I think this is a major key. And I believe this is something we're all familiar with. Hallelujah. Isaiah 32, verse 15. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, or read it this way, until the Spirit is poured out from us upon high, the wilderness will not become a fruitful field. It will remain as it is. But when the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, the wilderness can become a fruitful field or will become a fruitful field. And the fruitful field will be counted or is counted as a forest. Something happens. Please hear me and hear me very well. We are not going to um, preach any strange doctrine. We don't need strange doctrines for times like this. Something happens over an individual, over a life, over a family, over a household, over a nation, when the Spirit of God rests upon that nation afresh. Something happens. Things change for good. And I, I believe we don't have to ex preach any extensive doctrine about this. Things change. When the Spirit is poured upon you from on high, Wilderness speaks of somewhere that is dry or famine. Dry, nothing is happening. Abraham was going through that famine like everybody else. But thank God he had help from God. 
and just in a short moment, through some <clears throat> sequence of events, some people saw his wife. Oh, she's a beautiful woman. They recommended her to Pharaoh. Pharaoh saw her and liked that, and Pharaoh just gave him wealth. Intending to marry his wife, collected the woman, she was still in his house. Then God's power struck. <laughs> and the man, ah, is this woman. Somehow they figured it out, and he just returned his wife. Go, go, go. Why didn't you tell me to just go, pack your, and, and go. And the man, before he knew it, his wilderness became a fruitful field. And I believe, like we prayed this morning and said this morning, everyone should be committed to that. This is one of God's strategies to get things done. Luke chapter 1. Remember what Angel Gabriel told Mary. Luke chapter 1. Hallelujah. The angel came to her, told her that she was going to have a child. She was going to give birth to Jesus. And of course, after he had told her, how is this going to happen? That was the, the question she asked. How is this going to happen? How am I going to give birth to a child? Luke 1, let's read um, verse 45 first of all. Verse 42, sorry. Then he spoke out and said to her, the angel Gabriel, excuse me, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then he told her that she was going to be granted, let me just read the whole verse, but why is this granted to me? That the mother of our Lord should come to me. Oh, sorry. This was when um, Angel Gabriel was speaking to her. I'm reading the wrong verse. Verse, hallelujah. 35 is what I wanted, not 45. When Angel Gabriel came to her and told her that she was going to have a child and prophesied to her about Jesus. He, verse 33, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever. And over his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, the Mary said to the angel... How can this be since I do not know a man? Watch what Angel Gabriel told her as well. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Hallelujah. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born shall be called the Son of God. This is going to happen. It's going to be miraculous. It's going to be supernatural. You are going to conceive without knowing a man. How is it going to happen until the Spirit is poured upon you from on high? I'm rephrasing. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Hallelujah. The power of the highest will overshadow you. And the seemingly impossible or supernatural thing that you want to achieve, it's going to be achievable. Is somebody hearing me tonight? Acts chapter 1. Jesus told his disciples, you, you, you see a pattern here. He was leaving and they were now going to be in charge to get things done. Acts chapter 1, let's first read from verse 4. Let me read from verse 4. Acts 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he told them in verse 7, sorry, verse 8, you shall receive power, hallelujah, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. Now, I want to point out something to us here. Every time in these stories we are reading that God needed to do something supernatural and activate something in the lives of people, what was the solution and how did he go about it? He said the Spirit of God will come upon them from on high or the Spirit will come upon them. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. In this case, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. The Spirit will come upon you. The Spirit of God comes upon you. And what you need to get done 
you're going to be able to get it done. The favor you need, you're going to be able to get it activated. When? The Spirit comes upon you. The power you need, you're going to be able to walk in it. When? The Spirit comes upon you. So I, I believe one thing we all need, particularly in our personal lives at this time, is for us to be anointed afresh. Anointed afresh. Psalm 92 verse 10, David said, My horn you have anointed, exalted. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We are not without help. We are not without access to God's power. We are not without access to God's favor. But it will take the Holy Ghost to come upon us afresh. It will take the Spirit of God to rest upon us afresh. To the degree that we need it. To begin to make things happen supernaturally that we can't comprehend. And that's what we need in these kind of times we are dealing with. Different levels for different people. Oh, pastor, I don't know what to do again. I've tried all I know to do. I don't know what else will come in. Get yourself into a place where you can be anointed afresh by the Spirit. Is somebody hearing me tonight? You engage yourself with God's Spirit till He begins to speak to you afresh. Something perhaps you have not heard before. Something you have not seen before. And when the Spirit begins to rest upon you like He had never rested upon you before, Mary had never done what she had to do before. Conceive a child without knowing a man. But once the power of God was able to come upon her and the Holy Ghost was able to rest upon her, the miracle was able to happen. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. The apostles had never been witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, without Jesus being with them. But he told them, don't worry, I have a simple solution. When the Holy Ghost comes upon us, or comes upon you, you will be able to do what you need to do. And I want to announce to everyone here, I don't know what the challenges may be because of all that is going on, and I, I can recognize that there may be one difficulty or, that, or the other, but if you can just get anointed afresh, glory be to God. If the Holy Ghost can rest upon you afresh, I'm not saying you are not anointed, though. You know, in our own case in the New Testament, we are not exactly like a Mary that doesn't carry the Holy Ghost. We are like the apostles. We already carry the Holy Spirit in us because we are born again. But we need to be anointed with fresh oil. You need to be anointed for the season you are in, for the things before you. Acts chapter 2. Let me quickly get to where I want to rest on tonight. Acts chapter 2. So they were in that upper room, and like Jesus promised, the Holy Ghost came. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. And I believe you are familiar with the story. Everybody came, ah, these people are drunk. These people are drunk. Peter said, then Peter got up to speak. I want to read that prophecy again, because that's where I want to really come to tonight. Verse 14, Acts 2 from verse 14. Please just follow me. But Peter standing up with the eleven, please remember the key is for the Spirit of God to come upon you, to be able to do what you need to do, to get the results you need to get. Peter standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by Prophet Joel. What you are seeing is a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And what was the prophecy? Please read with me or listen. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I want to do something in the last days. Here, God was going to do what? activate the church or empower the church to do the work that it wants the church to do. And what was God going to do? The Spirit is going to come upon the people. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Somebody shout out loud, I will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Declare, I will dream dreams. Hallelujah. 
And on my men servants, on my maid servants, I will do what? I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. The moment the spirit of God begins to come upon people, young, old, male, female, once that begins to happen to the degree that God wants it to happen for what God wants to get done, things begin to change. Hallelujah. So when he said, until the spirit be poured upon you from on high, and then the wilderness will become a fruitful field, and the fruitful field will become a forest, you get to that point where you receive that anointing afresh of the spirit resting upon you until things begin to happen. Young men begin to see visions. Old men begin to dream dreams. Hallelujah. Men servants, they begin to see. He said, I will pour out my spirit on my men servants. I will pour out my spirit upon my maid servants. The anointing begins to come upon people. Verse 19, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath. Glory be to God. Blood and fire and vapors of smoke. 20, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord. Watch this very carefully. And this way I'm going. And it shall come to pass. That whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Hallelujah. When the Spirit of God begins to rest upon people, begins to rest upon congregations, it breaks out salvation, breaks out deliverance. Hallelujah. So I believe a time like this where um, everybody just seems to be wondering what's going on. I mean, when, look at the challenges we are having in our country, for example. The government has sucked out cash from the system, and it seems to be crippling everything. I read something in the papers the other day. They said certain schools that the children are now taking food to trade, to go to school. Children now take food to trade and exchange with bus drivers for transport money. Trade by butter is now what is going on in certain places. Because they don't have cash to pay for transport to go to school. So they take food, apparently they now give the bus drivers food and things like that. People don't know what to do anymore. And that can be a very, very simple example that the paper is putting there, but there's a lot of confusion and disturbance going on. But when the Holy Ghost begins to rest upon believers, oh, hallelujah, we, we get clarity. Somebody say clarity. I can't hear you say clarity. Clarity. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel, let me close with this one tonight. Go back, let's go back to that prophecy. So Peter was quoting the prophecy for them and said, look, what is happening? These people are not just making noise. They are not just shouting. They are not drunk like you are saying. It is actually a fulfillment of prophecy. God wants to get something done. And this is the mechanism God is going to use to get it done. God is going to release the spirit upon people. Men, women, young, old. And as the spirit begins to influence people, enable them to see, enable them to dream dreams, enable them to see visions, things begin to change. Things begin to happen. Wildernesses begin to turn to fruitful fields. Hallelujah. Fruitful fields begin to turn to a forest. Where there was dryness, activity begins to take place. Help comes from God, and somehow we, we can't explain, and we don't have to explain. We just have to experience it. Can I hear a loud amen? The other day we talked about the widow and Elijah, and he told her, make for me first. Just don't worry about the famine. As long as, as sure as I live, according to the word of the Lord, the barrel of me will not run dry, the cruise of oil will not run dry. They didn't know how it happened. But the man was operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And all through that period of famine, there was supply and there was abundance and they could not suffer from the effect of the famine. That would be your story in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter, I mean, Joel chapter 2. Listen to it. There's a part of the prophecy that Peter did not quote. Joel chapter 2. Hallelujah. In fact, be, before we read that part, go with me to Joel chapter 1. And when you read Joel chapter 1, it's, I, I was reading it and I saw that this is like what is going on in our nation today. But the good news is we don't have to lose hope. Hallelujah. 
I love this prophecy of Joel. It paints the picture of the problem and then it gives us the picture of the solution. Read the problem. Just hear this. You see that it's like what is happening to us in this country. Joel chapter 2 from verse 1. Chapter 1 from verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days? Or has anything like this ever happened before? <laughs> I mean, I've been living in Nigeria many years, about 50 years. I've never seen something like this before. Has anything like this ever happened in your days? Or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. Verse 4. What the chewing lo locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. What's it painting? It's painting a picture that things are going from what? Bad to worse. When exchange rate was 300 to 1, that was the level of chewing locust. And we thought it was bad. Then after that, Another set of locusts came. Exchange rate now moved from that 300 to what? <laughs> so he painted this gloomy picture and it was, I mean, I, I, this scripture, this, this part that he said, you, you read on verse 12. In fact, before we read verse 12. Yeah, let me just read verse 12. Verse 12, go to verse 12 with me. The vine has dried up. The fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. Surely, joy has withered from the sons of men. I mean, it just looked at what, I, I, I was somewhere today, I was buying something, and at the petrol station, I was getting petrol. Thank God at least that one seems to be getting better. The fuel queue seems to be getting better. And the guy, the guy selling the petrol, ah, this nation, this nation, you could see that joy has withered. I don't know whether you guys get what I'm talking about. One problem after another. So it starts with that negative picture. Please catch me. I'm not trying to just talk about gloom and doom. That's how this prophecy starts. But it also gives a solution. And the solution was what Peter was quoting in Acts chapter 2. Where there is dryness, where there is famine, chewing locusts, consuming locusts, caterpillar locusts, joy seems to be withered, challenges here and there, God has an answer. Help me look at the neighbor and say, God has an answer. And those of us in the church, particularly Pentecostal church, we need to be very sensitive and careful because out of over-familiarity, we may not be engaging it like we ought to. The answer is that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit upon them. I will anoint them with my spirit afresh. Glory, glory be to God. The same answer that the spirit announced to Mary. How is this thing going to happen? You came to tell me a vision that I'm going to give back to a, a, a baby without knowing him. How is God going to, is going to pour his spirit upon you? And I want to encourage every one of us this season. Get anointed afresh. Get a, ask God, anoint me afresh. Anoint me afresh. Let your spirit come upon me afresh. For this season... For what is going on in my life on a personal level, I, I want also to address personal level, what is going on? Just look, once that anointing comes upon you, look, the end of the day is that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no challenge facing Nigeria that God doesn't have a solution for. I'm sure you understand that. And there's no personal challenge that anybody has that God doesn't have a solution for. But you need to be anointed afresh. And the result will be the same that we see all through scriptures. What happened to Abraham that we read in Genesis 13 just now? 
Genesis 12 and 13. It was very simple. Here was a man that had heard from God that was walking in alignment with God's will. By the way, when you are anointed afresh, the Holy Ghost will help you to get online with God's will. And because he was in alignment with God, the hand of God was upon him. The Spirit of God was upon him. And the favor, the grace that he needed, he was able to experience it in very, very strange situations and circumstances. But he experienced it. The power that he needed. I mean, the hand of God came upon Pharaoh's house. Plague came. They knew that this was supernatural. That was the power of God. He experienced it. And it's the pattern. The pattern. Listen to me, church. And I hope everybody will hear me. Listen to me. We're going to pray, and I'm, I need to wrap up soon. I'm, I want to show you something. As you know, please hear me and hear me very well. Listen up. Listen to me. Not everybody in Nigeria is suffering. Even at this time. In fact, some people are having the best time of their life right now. It's not everybody. But not everybody. Not everybody is being negatively affected. There's no cash. Some people, they don't even know. Hey, so there's no cash. Perhaps you are like that. Maybe. Not everybody is affecting. Not everybody is. That can be the state of every believer. Every believer. And all it takes for that to happen is for grace of God and power of God to be activated in your life. That's all it takes. You just need favor for what you are going through and power for what you are going through. And the way you can have that is to be anointed afresh by the Spirit. The way you can have it. Look, we, we are, we, we don't have to explain so many things. How is this thing going to happen? You're telling me I'm going to have a child. Oh, just get anointed afresh, my sister. Ah, Jesus, you are going. Hey, how are we going to do this ministry? Just get, let the Holy go. Until the Spirit is poured upon you from on high. Look at it, Joel chapter 2. So, from verse, this was what Peter quoted. Verse 28 to the end. In fact, what, what Peter just repeated verse 28, Joel chapter 2. It shall come to pass, after what I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He quoted that verse 28 till the end, all the way to verse 31. In fact, there's a part he did not quote in verse 31. Let me read it in the original prophecy. So, verse 31, Joel chapter 2 again. Please, I want, you to see, I want us to see something very powerful. Because this one really applies to where we are going. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood. In other words... Looking at the physical, there will be difficulty, there will be confusion, there will be chaos. It won't look normal in the natural. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's where Peter stopped. And that's not, it wasn't doing it, but that, that's where he asks, but look at what it goes, it goes on here. The verse is not complete. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. Hallelujah. As the Lord had said, among the remnants whom the Lord calls. So when God wants to save everybody, God wants to help everybody, God wants to help, but he's going to use his church. Hallelujah. He's going to use his people. It will start with the people of God. And it will start with the church of God. Grace. The grace of God is for everybody. You don't even have to be a Christian. Because the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. But it starts where? Mount Zion. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now this is what I want us to see. Verse 21, please. And then we are going to pray. All I need, somebody declare with me, all I need is for the Spirit to rest upon me afresh. That's all you need. Now, it's not going to end there. After the Spirit comes upon you, 
a vision may come, an idea may come, a thought may come, a direction will come that if you execute, it will unlock something for you. But it starts with you being anointed. And that's the solution God is giving. What God wants to do in your life, what God wants to do, what God has planned for you, it can come to pass after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Hallelujah. Fear not, O land. Please, Joel, I'm reading the same prophecy. The prophecy that told us that in that days, God will release his spirit. This also comes along with when God releases his spirit. Be glad and rejoice. Can I hear somebody shout, I will be glad and I will rejoice. You know, he told us after he gave us all the negative at the beginning of prophecy. What the canker one has not eaten, caterpillar one has eaten. And what has happened? Joy has departed from the sons of men. And I tell you, that's what will happen if you allow the natural to be dominating your life. Joy will depart. I was driving by a bus as I was coming to church today, and I we were in traffic. I mean, and don't let me go into that. And I just, this just caught my attention. I, I was already meditating on, on this, this scripture and things like that. The Spirit of God was already, and I looked, and everybody looked dry, looked angry. This picture, what he, that, that, what he, that prophecy, has it ever happened before? Has it ever happened? We, we are seeing things that, I was still talking with my, my dad some months ago, and they're like, exchange rates, 800 naira. They couldn't believe it. All these negative things. It's like what Joel prophesied. Things are just going to go from bad to worse. Things that have never happened in your father's days, your father's days, that you will be telling your children's children. So it's, it's a bleak picture, joy at one But the solution, this is what we had in the other part. This is the same solution God has been using from day one. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon my people. I'm going to pour out my spirit. I will anoint my people. Uh, the way David said, afresh. So it's not that you are not anointed before, but are you anointed for now? And this is how you begin to know when that anointing begins to work upon you. You will not be afraid. You will not be anxious. And there are many reasons to be afraid and anxious in Nigeria now. Many, many reasons. Fear not. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. You see, what is now prophesying here, the solution is as a result of the Spirit coming upon the people. Hallelujah. And this is, this, you keep pressing into the Holy Ghost to anoint your flesh, keep praying, keep trusting God, until these kind of things begin to bubble up in your life. The Lord has done marvelous things. Can somebody shout, the Lord has done marvelous things for me? Hallelujah. You will see that this is the reverse of what we read in chapter 1. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up again. Hallelujah. They are springing up. The trees bear its fruits. The fig tree and the vine tree yield their strength. In chapter 1, we saw that everything was going dry. The caterpillar and everything was eating everything and going dry. But the reverse has started happening. Verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. And rejoice. Somebody shout out, we rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully. And it will cause to come. And will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Hallelujah. So God is going to release his rain. He's going to release his anointing. You now need to allow it to rest upon you. Praise God forevermore. Verse 24, please let's read it again. So when we begin to pray, this is what we stand on. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. Look at your neighbor and say, that will be your testimony. The vats shall overflow with new wine. Hallelujah. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. You see, this is the reverse. So he started the prophecy with this was the negative situation, but God has a solution. Hallelujah. The crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts. My great army which I set among you, verse 26, this is the part I love the most. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Somebody say that one is my own. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. My people shall never be put to my shame. 
Hallelujah. And then you shall know that I am the Lord in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall not be put to shame. And then it comes to that verse 28. shall come to pass, I will pour out my spirit. It is that outpouring of the spirit that you being anointed afresh that triggers all these things. So there is dryness and darkness all over the place, difficulty. The government has sucked out all the cash in the economy. But thank God, God has an answer. Are you hearing me this morning? Listen, this season... I want you to make this, when you get up every morning and as often as you can pray during the day, Lord, anoint me afresh. Anoint me afresh. Let your spirit rest upon me afresh. And you pray and pray until the spirit is poured upon you. Until you, you stay praying. I'm not saying you don't do anything else. But spend as much time until the Holy Ghost rise up, rise upon you. And when the Holy Ghost rise upon you, all these manifestations that you start seeing them happening in one place or the other. Fear will leave. Just someone you are still struggling with fear, you are struggling with anxiety. You hear one report, you are anxious. Mm. It's a sign that you need to be anointed afresh. If you can't rejoice, you can't rejoice, you can't rejoice. It's a sign you need to be anointed. And when that fresh anointing comes upon you, I'm telling you everything you need to know, everything you need to do to enjoy what God has in store for you, you will not miss it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There is grace and there is power. But my friend, get anointed afresh. Hallelujah. Is somebody ready tonight? Will you rise on your feet? We'll just pray for a few minutes and we believe God for that. Hallelujah. Say, God has an answer for me. Ah, I can't hear you. Say, God has a solution for me. It's for my horn to be exalted like the horn of a unicorn and that I will be anointed with fresh oil. I will be anointed with fresh vision. I will be anointed with fresh revelation, fresh insight, the spirit of the Lord being poured up upon me being poured out upon me till I'm anointed afresh in the name of Jesus. Can you lift your hands to heaven? Just begin to pray. Anoint me afresh. Anoint me afresh. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.